Hello, and welcome to Ask Mama Amy, a podcast promoting practical advice and resources for strong mothers. I'm your host, Amy Shao, single mom and estate planning attorney and founder of Shao Law. Hi, everybody. We're so excited to have Bonnie here with us. Bonnie is a family lawyer. Um, thank you so much, Bonnie, for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah, awesome. So, Bonnie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Okay. Um, Well, my name is Bonnie Mantel. I've uh, originally come from Montreal, Canada, so I'm Canadian, as well as being a U.S. citizen. I moved here in 1999 because my current husband, who I met actually when I was 17, uh, we got reconnected, and he had two very young children at the time. So when we decided that we were going to live together, get married, you know, do all that stuff, it didn't make sense for me to have him leave his small children and come to a completely different country, essentially. So I packed my stuff and brought my dog and moved my stuff to help him initially raise his children. And so I became first a stepmom before I became a mom. And... um, I ended up in, uh, in Canada, I did medical malpractice. And so when I came here, there wasn't the same opportunities for that. And my husband was going through his divorce and I saw what was going on. And I was like, no, this doesn't make sense. And I can do this. I can do this better. I can help people get through this process so that they can maybe share their children. And that's how I became a family lawyer. Wow. So you're, what you do and your personal life is, is quite intertwined. You're motivated by what you've learned from your personal life. So share with us a little bit about your journey. Like you became a, a stepmom quite early. <laughs> well, not quite, I mean, not quite early. When I met my husband and I was 17, there was a 15 year gap. Uh-huh. So he had another relationship. I was married as well. We both got divorced. We got back together and then literally coming here, you know, it's very different the way law firms work in, in California versus in on the East Coast. On the East Coast, you've got a conglomerate, there's several departments, you know, and you can, tra- you can transfer between departments as your experience grows. Here, when you get into something, you actually kind of get pigeonholed mm-hmm. and you can't really, you, you understand that. Mm-hmm. So when I came here and I saw what was going on in, in his divorce, it, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense I'm a math person, mathematically, you know, how do you have two incomes fueling one house and now you're supposed to be fueling two houses? None of that made sense to me. And so I started looking into what the law was and obviously studying for the bar here, you learn it all anyway. And his attorney happened to need some help. So I actually started out as a paralegal because I had to pass the bar. I had to pass all the other requirements, the moral character determination and that. And in the interim, I needed to work. So I worked as a paralegal, learning the family law process from the bottom up. Mm. And when I realized, wow, I can do this, you know, when I became admitted, I got a job and I worked for a firm for seven years. And then after seven years, when I was, you know, working 60, 70 hours a week, I realized, wait a minute, why am I giving all of this to them when I can probably build my own? I have two business degrees 
before I have my two law degrees. So I have actually a lot of education and I ran my family's business before I moved out here and before I went to law school. So I know how to run a business. So I was like, okay, let's think about this. And, you know, my husband and I sat down and we did some math and we figured out that this was possible. And um, in 2013, I opened my own firm and I've been in my own space ever since. And we started out with me and one other person. And now we have 14 people working for me. Uh that that's really awesome. And you know what I think is like balancing a law for managing a whole team on top of balancing your own family, being a mom in and of itself is hard work, period. Right. right. And that on, on top of that, you have so many things on your plate. So how do you even balance it all? Like, you know, I'm going to be very. I'm going to be very honest with you. It, it was very difficult at first. I mean, when my, when my daughter was born, obviously, you know, when you have stepchildren, they share time with the other parents. So that makes it easier to do your own thing when you don't have them. Then when my daughter was born in 2003, so it was just, you know, a few years after I'd started on my, oh, actually it was before I'd started on my own, I was still working for other people and still having to work 60, 70 hours a week. It was a lot of trouble. It was a hard balance to make because I got to go to work and she wants me home and the kids. And thankfully, I mean, I got lucky. My husband is an amazing partner. It requires somebody who's going to be able to balance when you're not there because I wasn't really very keen on just putting my child in a childcare facility for 14 hours a day. So my husband, so we made that decision that he was going to do more at home because he was a DJ, a, a event planner. So his nights and weekends were taken up, whereas my week. So we were able to balance it a little bit that way. But there were a lot of struggles because, you know, I refused to miss anything for my kids. So I was still at games, at practices, at, and you just having your own business, it helps you you know, work things around. You may be working till midnight because you want to be available for your children until noon the next day, right? So you've got to make those sacrifices. When am I going to work versus when am I going to be a parent? Um, and it, it was challenging. And it, as they get older, it gets a little easier because they're less dependent on you for everything you do. Uh-huh. Tell us about your kids. How many kids do you have and how old are they? So I have Jordan, who is our eldest. He's our, my stepson, but I, I don't call them that because I've had them since they were five and two, my stepchildren. Jordan is now 28. Um, he actually is a speech pathologist for, the school, for a school district. And he also has his own business on the side, which he's doing very well. He has his own podcast and he's an investor and he does really well. And then our middle child, Hannah, she's 25. She has a daughter. So we're actually grandparents. <laughs> um, she works and she's going to school to finish her education that, you know, got a little detoured by her daughter, who's a wonderful addition. And then there's our baby, Lauren, who is 18. And she's actually um, playing volleyball for Greensboro College. And wow. so 
she uh, graduated a year early. So she graduated with already a full year of college when she actually physically went to college. So she entered college as a sophomore. Mm -hmm. Wow. Proud proud mama. (laughs) Yes, I am very proud. Yeah. And and, and it sounds like what was the key component was a, a very supportive partner. And somehow you were able to balance each other off um, with family life and work life um, because you were able to communicate well. Yes. Uh-huh. And to be honest, my husband is actually the marketing manager of my entire firm. I told him, I don't want, I'm, look, I'm a little bit older. I don't like technology. Technology does not like me. And so the advertising and all the SEO and all of that stuff makes me very, very anxious. And I literally told him, I said, if we're going to do this, I need somebody who I can trust. So you get to learn that. (laughs) I'll do this. You do that. That's awesome. You can help you in other aspects. Um, and, and that's a great combination. Um, and so for, for some of our um, listeners uh, who have, you know, who are either stepmoms themselves or who are in a blended family situation and, you know, or who are dealing with either divorce or having gone through divorce, what would you say in that kind of in, in the blended family dynamics? What what is the most challenging thing and what was in you that um, allowed you to overcome that? Or what what is the strength in you? I know that's a loaded question. (laughs) No, it's okay. I I understand where you're going. I'm going to be very honest. Um, I wasn't really fond of my husband's ex. Different parenting styles, different ideas. And so for me, what was difficult is also being an attorney, being um, vocal, for me, the difficulty was not getting involved. You can't write their emails for them. You can't, you know, step in and discipline or parent in a sense. The, uh, you have to know your boundaries because it's a very fine line. And what I find is it puts the children in a really, really horrible situation between you know, liking the new person and still being loyal or feeling loyalty to their parent who's no longer part of that relationship. It's very hard on the children. So for me, what really was a turn is seeing how how my actions or things I did or we did affected our kids. And once you look at that and you say, okay, Sometimes you just have to take that step back, even if what you think is right or you think you know better, you have to be able to take that step back and say, look, you guys will deal with this. These are your kids. You know, I'll parent my kid. You know, you obviously parent your stepchildren when they're with you. You care for them. You love them. Make sure they don't get cut by barbed wire. You know, you parent them. But you have to know your your boundary a little bit. And that is often very hard in even what I do, because as a family law attorney, often new spouses get right in it. And it's our job as the attorney to say, get out, <laughs> stay out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I see that so much, just, you know, with, with a step parent, they're so eager to be a good partner that they wanted to step in immediately. But like what you said, it creates a lot of complications. Mm-hmm. It can. It really can. Um, you know, it's not 
it's a it's a hard line and it's a thankless job. A lot of step parents, you know, the kids are torn. So you're not going to get the necessarily the warm and fuzzies and the hugs and the kisses and I love you and thank you. And that can be hard for the grown-up. The problem is, is you're the grown-up and you have to put that inside and say, you know, at some point they know. And I can tell you from experience, they do know. My stepchildren have figured it out and they recognize the things that were done for them in our home, as well as the things that were done for them in their mom's home. It's just now they're older and they're able to say, ah, uh, okay, we see. And it takes a while to get there. You just have to be patient. Yeah. And how many times have you seen, um, you know, the, 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 or the ex-wife when the child goes back to the ex-wife's house and the ex-wife starts asking about, oh, what did you do? What did you do? What did dad do with a new girlfriend? Or like vice versa, right? Yes. And that is something that is actually in most court orders is you're not allowed to ask about the other house. So there's a way. Obviously, if you're asking to needle, your kids know it and are going to shut up. They're going to clam up or they're going to tell you what they think you want to hear. But if you're open and it's like, hey, did you have fun over at the, I mean, not every divorce or every blended family is toxic, right? There are some out there that recognize the kids have to come first and we should try to get along, even if we don't have to get along. So some of those, you know, where you're asking, hey, did you have fun at mom's house or, oh, you went to Disneyland, that's so nice. That's obviously better for your children's development than, did you go to Disneyland? You know, it depends how it's phrased. <laughs> and I love how you have a, a humorous approach to some of the really tough situations that you have to deal with, not only professionally, but also personally, right? So how do you keep it light? <laughs> Well, you know, I get that from my dad, because my dad, who is now 98 years old, God bless him, he always said, if you cry, you cry alone. If you laugh, people are going to laugh with you. And some of the hardest things that I've seen my father and family and stuff go through has always been tinged with a sense of humor, because what else are you going to do? Like, what else? Sitting down and crying in a puddle, sometimes necessary, sometimes very therapeutic but then what if you sit there and bother yourself in your head about stories and doomsday and apocalypse and oh my god this is terrible horrible and awful you're not going to get very far so if you can find some measure of humor it ends up being a little bit better I mean I've done that in trial I've made a judge laugh you know because it's so intense and I often say, you know, divorce is not easy, but it doesn't have to be bitter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be bitter. You can do what is not only right, but also reasonable for your situation. It's not, you know, so bringing your clients around, especially when they're so emotionally spent, can be the difference. I mean, our whole team, we act that way. We care about our clients, sometimes to a fault. And, you know, we, to our own detriment, we care about what is going on in your children. If you're two adults and you want to argue all day long, go ahead. Mm -hmm. go ahead. But when you have kids involved, stop that. Yeah. Find a way. So sometimes humor helps bring them back to a little bit of reality. 
and it keeps me sane. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. And and so when you have people coming to you, like I often get this, oh, we're we're you know we're we're not we're not continuing with our planning anymore. We want to get a divorce. Like so, you have those people who are different at different uh, places in the spectrum who are thinking about divorce just after one argument, who are like in the deep of it. Um, so what would you say to people who are just kind of coming to you? Hey, you know what? We're going to get a divorce. What would your first question be? Have you tried therapy? We are actually ethically required. I mean, whether people or not do that, but we do. Have you tried therapy? Have you, Because before, it, the getting divorced is an expensive process. You can find it cheap, but, you know, you, you pay for, get what you pay for a little bit. So it is an expensive process, both financially and certainly emotionally. So when people come to me and they ask those questions, it's have, and we give referrals. We will refer you to three, four different names of therapists that we know or have heard of, not anybody we have any connection financially to, but just somebody saying, look, if you have not tried therapy yet, maybe that's something you guys should do, especially if you have kids. I've had people who have gone all the way through the divorce up to the date the judgment was going to be filed and asked us to stop it. And I'm happy. Great. Let's stop. Put it, mm-hmm. you know, because you realize as you're going through it, that maybe there are things you guys can work on. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in getting divorced. There's no shame in trying to work it out. It's about what's going to work best for you and your circumstances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And so for a lot of strong women, um, and, and you see a lot of like strong women getting divorced, like once they climb up the ladder. And so then how do you like the, the balancing of the family life? It takes two different types of personalities, right? Like the balancing of the family life is more like warm, but in business, you got to be like strong and, you know, more like decisive. And so these two, <laughs> Well, what's funny is my husband will be the first to tell you he doesn't like me at the office. I have to be, no, literally, like when I work from home, he tries to be away because I'm, I have to be different at the office. I have to be, they call me a bulldog because, you know, this is, this is not, there's moments when I can hold your hand and coddle and this and that, but that's not why you hired me. That's why you go to a therapist just to hold your hand and coddle you. And how does it make you feel? But you want me to get you through this. And here's the legal advice. Here's my advice. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what could happen. Let's make a plan. See, it's very linear. Uh-huh. Whereas when I'm home, you know, I try to decompress and find my soul again and become a little bit more fuzzy. Yeah. So it's like a switch. You just switch on and off, work mode, home mode. It doesn't always work that well, depending, you know, what your child is doing at the time and whether or not you need to, you know, smoosh their head in the wall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome, Bonnie. Other than um, that, yes, it's trying to find that that change, and it's and it's funny because men don't have that. Men don't don't require themselves to have that switch. If you'll think of a strong man at the office, it's still the strong man at home, right? Dad's coming home. Whereas us as women, we're supposed to be something different in different scenarios. Which hopefully, changes as we get smarter as a people, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah. And, and you having coming from Canada, do you see what's a major difference 
of um, of dealing with divorce, both in different countries. Like, I mean, it's a it's a phenomenon in the world. Um, but do you see a, a major difference, or is it pretty universal the way people handle divorce? People are people. You know, I will say that it, from my experience in Canada, a lot less litigation goes on. Mm. Americans are just more litigious. They're more, <laughs> go to a theater, sort it out, come out with an agreement. Whereas here, you know, the drop of a hat, we're all a lot more litigious. It's nicer in a sense, you know, for when you're running a business, but it's harder on families, couples, and the whole institution of marriage. That's why we also do premarital agreements. We also, do, you know, there's, so many things that have come up because of the fact that like more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people don't have the same granted, you know, in the twenties when people in thirties and forties were getting married, maybe they shouldn't have stayed together. People stayed together for all the wrong reasons. And then it switched, you know, with the seventies and everybody's free and, you know, to everybody can get divorced. So I'm not sure we've, found a really a proper balance between that but that's why as an attorney you do have an ethical duty to say hey have you tried therapy because we're supposed to promote people trying to stay together if they've made that commitment to each other Mm -hmm. yeah awesome great bonnie so how can people find you um, and at what point should they be uh talking to you you know People should be talking to us. Well, I don't mind if you call. We offer a free 30-minute phone consultation. If you have questions, you know, what is this about? How do I look at this? That's fine. So they can always reach us at 619-574-8000, or they can reach us at our website, primusfamilylaw.com. And there's actually an info at primusfamilylaw.com, so they can fill out a form and reach us by at that point. Obviously, if you've been served with papers, reach out. If you really, if you're going to file and you think you're using a paralegal to do so, reach out because you're not allowed to practice law without a license. Paralegals seem to do it all the time. And again, that can be a problem for you later on. So any questions about military division, family, divorce, custody, you may have situations where you need to change something. You're already divorced, but you need to change something support, premarital agreement, all of that we can handle for you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So Bonnie, thank you so much. And to wrap up, can you give us a definition of what a strong mom is and just some um, advice for our local moms? Strong mom is not afraid to tackle any roadblock that comes in their way. However, they also recognize the need for self-care because we know that if we're not good, nobody's good. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, Thank you so much for having, uh, for being on our show. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you, Amy, for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on Ask Mama Amy. Head over to AskMamaAmy.com for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also get my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children so that you can leave them with abundant resources to support them and a total peace of mind. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review to tell us why. See you next time, mamas.